Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two. Thank you for listening to the Successful Life Podcast. We have no dues or fees, so please refer to this podcast to a friend. Make sure you rate, review, and hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with Zach I can I always say Prince, but I know that's not the right fucking word. So, Zach, pronounce your last name for me. It's Pinsense, like incense with a P, if that helps. Oh, there you go. Pinsense. Got it. Um, <clears throat> so I know Zach through uh, Tony Robbins. We both crewed this past G- March, February? Yeah, March. I don't know if you were in Dallas in July or not. No, I wasn't. So, yeah. So, in, so anyway, first of the year. And... You know, when I met, when I met Zach, I, he was super quiet, you know, didn't, he really did not have a whole lot to say. We both worked on the food team and I really just thought he was just some kind of a college kid, maybe. And he was just really shy. And so I asked him one day, well, what do you do? And he said, well, I do hypnosis. And I said, well, that's funny. I'm, I'm actually certified in hypnosis. And he was like, yeah, you, you know, I've got a YouTube channel you can go to. So I go to his YouTube channel and he's got like a fucking million followers. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I, this, I, this, this quiet fucking college kid, what is, the hell is going on? And I was blown away. I could not believe it. So, um, so there's a little bit of a backstory on how I know Zach. Um, and we've just kind of stayed friends since then. But so Zach, tell us, you know, how the fuck do you get a million or how many? Okay. So how many followers do you have on TikTok and how many followers do you have on YouTube? So with TikTok, I joined that recently about two and a half months ago, but TikTok is where all the engagement is these days. And I've blown up to a million and a half followers and a little over two months on TikTok, YouTube on about close to 74,000 followers or subscribers after about a year and a half. They're still really solid compared to TikTok in a million and a half in two months. I mean, you can clearly see where the engagement's at these days, but it's been pretty cool to be that big. So, so okay, so I joined TikTok because I got uh, similar advice from a guy who's uh, has really climbed in the podcasting world, and he said, you know, the reason you need to get in on TikTok is because there's no. 
Uh, like, okay. So, so Instagram, you know, you see 10 or 15, 30%, whatever the fuck it is of your viewers. So if you've got a hundred thousand, only 30% of those see your content. Is that about accurate, Zach? Sure. Well, the thing with TikTok and Instagram is that on Instagram, you could, so if, let's say you have a account with a thousand followers and somebody else has an account with a million followers. You could both post the exact same video and obviously the person with million followers will get their video will get viewed a lot more than your account with a thousand followers. Would. On Instagram. On Instagram. However, TikTok is completely based on the algorithm where as people are consuming and enjoying content, it pushes it out to more and more people. So somebody with a thousand followers on their account, someone with a million followers could theoretically post the exact same video and they'll both get the exact same amount of views because TikTok just prioritizes good content. It's unlike any other platform where they push it out to just your followers or just your fan base and you need to grow the fan base first in order to get views. But TikTok is, it's a fair playing field for anybody that joins, whether you have nothing starting out. That's how I got so big so quickly. Because I started out putting videos that were already on YouTube, just repurposing content I had already had that were on YouTube and did okay. I didn't have a huge following on YouTube yet, but those exact same videos on TikTok, they were great videos. But once people started watching them, TikTok just continued to show them to more people because it was getting great engagement. And that's how it was able to blow up so quickly. But the amazing thing is that it just creates this level playing field, regardless of where you're at, everybody has the potential to go viral. So let me ask you this then. Okay, so you, okay, because at first I said you had a million followers on YouTube, so I was wrong. What was it? What was the video that went comp- went viral? I mean, so that was actually right after we met at UPW. Oh, so was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We did UPW in LA, and the day wrapped up. The very next day, I went out to Venice Beach and decided to film some hypnosis out of Venice Beach because I was originally from New Hampshire and it's cold all winter long. But being in California in March, it's like there's great weather. It's perfect to go do some hypnosis outdoors. So. I went to Venice Beach, brought a friend to help me film and did some hypnosis there, put the video on YouTube day after. And it took about two weeks for it to really get a good amount of traction. But after two weeks, it really started spiking and hit like 2 million views about a week after that initial two weeks. And today it's at nine and a half million views posting earlier this March. So close to 10 million views on that one video. I mean, fuck does that feel to know that 10 million motherfuckers have seen your video pretty crazy especially looking at the analytics and seeing that it's not just 10 million people from the country but it's literally people from all around the entire world that are watching the video which is crazy you know when you think of the power of technology in the 21st century right you just have the ability to put something on online on a computer on our phone whatever it is and it has the potential to blow up and get seen all around the world and, you know, you didn't have, like, this big, you know, videographer crew. You didn't have this, like, big ordeal. It was you, another dude, and you performing street hypnosis, right? Literally filmed on my cell phone. On fucking real. So what – okay, so walk – all right, so the video that we're talking about is you with a young a younger girl, right? Uh, yeah. She looked younger. Um, and what, what – walk me through – what what it was that you how did you hypnotize her what did you hypnotize her so to give everybody a background i also uh i've got a certificate in hip hypnosis but it's very different than zach's i don't even having like some knowledge 
I don't understand how he does what he does because when I hypnotize somebody, it takes 20 fucking minutes. Like I got to walk people down steps and all kinds of shit. Like, and that's just the way I was taught. So he comes from a very different school of thought. And so we're going to learn about that now. Yeah. So, well, it's funny. I did the same training that you did getting certified through the national guild of hypnotists doing the same training, but part of, what's helped me to get so good so quickly is never just settling and accepting the way I was taught, right? The people that make history are always the ones that break the current assumptions. You think about the person that invented the wheel for the first time, right? They had to break the assumption that, you know, maybe there's a different way to move things around versus carrying them or dragging them. When the Wright brothers flew the first airplane, they made an assumption saying, look, maybe there's another way to travel that doesn't involve traveling on the ground. When Henry Ford invented the automobile, he had to make an assumption of maybe there's another way to travel outside of horse, right? There's the, the famous quote that he said, if I gave people what they wanted, I would have built faster horses, but he didn't. He made an assumption that there's another way. And so he broke through that old limitation yes. to create something different. So that's what I've done is as I took that training and even as I learned on my own, I've always created an assumption of what if there's a better way to do it? What if there's a faster way to do it? And just started learning from trial and error, just going out and hypnotizing strangers, friends, family, whoever I could, and giving myself permission to fail. Saying, all right, well, I learned it takes 20 minutes. What if I do it in 10 minutes? Oh, I did it in 10 minutes. What if I do it in five minutes? Oh, I could do it in five minutes. What if I do it in two minutes? And I just kept saying, how can I do this faster? How can I do it quicker? How can I do it more efficient, more effective? And I sort of developed my own routines and methods and techniques that aren't taught anywhere else because I came up with them. It's an adaptation of other stuff that's out there, of course, but sort of packaged together into what I do to make it so quick and so efficient, so effective, especially as an entertainer, because that's how I got into doing hypnosis initially was as as a stage hypnotist performing on stages. I tour around and do the college circuit, perform for colleges and high schools all around the country today, which is crazy for me thinking about that. I graduated college last year. And now this year, a year later, I'm performing at colleges around the country. I definitely like being paid to go to school instead of paying to go to school better. That's a little bit of a deal. Probably a little bit funner too. Uh, just a, just more, a fun. more funner, you know, more fun, funner, funner to word. You could use that. <laughs> so being an entertainer, you know, I don't have 25 minutes to put somebody into a trance or hypnotize them, especially doing the street hypnosis where I walk up to a stranger on the street film it to make a YouTube video. I put a YouTube video that's 40 minutes long and the first 20 minutes is me hypnotizing somebody. Nobody's going to sit through 20 minutes of me hypnotizing somebody. No. Understanding that as an entertainer, I have to make it quick. I have to make it engaging. I don't have time. I don't have my time to waste or their time to waste taking that long. So I sort of forced my own hand to learn a quicker process and a quicker technique to be able to get there. And just as I developed that, I just started to figure out what worked and what didn't, what was most, not just effective, but what was most efficient to do it in the shortest amount of time and being able to get people into a state of hypnosis, into a hypnotic trance very quickly towards once they're there, then we can start getting into the fun, entertaining stuff. So like with that video with the girl getting hypnotized at Venice Beach, within 90 seconds, she was in a deeply hypnotized trance and I could start giving her suggestions. So some of the things in the video were her getting hypnotized to think that she forgot her own name and she was confused that she didn't remember her name or thinking that I was invisible and her freaking out because she couldn't see me and was wondering why there's ghosts on the beach moving around the bottles and the towels or whatever it was, or her thinking that I was her favorite celebrity and her falling over backwards, crying out, Oh my gosh, 
gosh, it's Kanye West, and freaking out because she thought I was her favorite celebrity right there on the beach, and had her hypnotized to think that she was Paul Revere and had to warn Venice Beach that the British were coming. And she's running around to strangers going, the British are coming, the British, we've got to get out of here. And she goes up to this one lady who, it, with a British accent, goes, I am the British. And she freaks out, oh my gosh, they're here, and runs away. And so just a lot of the fun, entertaining aspects of what you can do with hypnosis. Because when you have somebody in that state, really any idea or suggestion I give them becomes their reality in that state, which is where we get the fun videos stuff that can go viral, the crazy reactions, the stuff that I do on stage. But if you're taking 20 minutes to get there, then nobody's going to have the attention span to actually stick around for that part. So for me, developing methods and techniques to be able to get there as fast as possible so we can get right to the entertaining stuff is sort of my deal and what I've been able to figure out and what's helped me to get so big, so good, so quick. I wonder. So, all right. So a couple of questions. One you know, you also hypnotize like like groups of people at the same time. Yeah. So you know, it, that, that that's fascinating to me. I don't know how you keep their attention for that long. Then the next question I had, and that wasn't really a question, but the next question I had: When are you going to share the stage with Marshall Silver? So, Marshall Silver's been around for a while. Yes. Um, it's sort of. Uh, I guess we're on. I'm I'm not too familiar with what he's up to these days, but I know that he's been in the hypnosis scene for a while. So I guess we're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum where I'm sort of the up and coming and he's been been around for a while. But some of the guys like Marshall Silver or Mark Savard or some of the guys in Vegas, they tend to have more of the residencies out there. And people often ask like, oh, as a hypnotist, when are you going to perform in Vegas or when are you going to be out there? And I say, look, I'm as a young 24-year-old guy, I love the tour life. I love traveling around, doing these different shows all around. Most people that perform in Vegas, it tends to be a residency where you have one of the casinos or one of the hotels where you, that is where your show is every single night and you sort of create a consistent routine. So for guys that are older and want to settle down and don't want to travel as much, then that's usually a better fit for them because they're at the same place every night and they can do a consistent show. So for guys like Marshall Silver, Mark Savard, the other guys in Vegas, that's their deal and that works for them and that's great. But for me, I love being able to around to these different schools be in all different parts of the country and traveled to 20 different states just this past fall alone doing shows and then as i'm building a social presence too with youtube tiktok instagram and creating viral content online it's a lot better to be able to do that out here in la or as i'm traveling around versus just staying in one spot so vegas will be fun vegas will be cool but that's sort of not where i'm at right now on the stage because i have my eyes set on on bigger fish than just staying in one location that makes total sense. Um, so, look, have you ever had um, a bad experience with anybody? Meaning, has anybody ever, have you ever not been able to bring somebody up or bring somebody out of the trance? Attention contractors of the Successful Life podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, SuccessfulLifePodcast.com, and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. No, so the myth that people can get stuck in hypnosis is one that's completely based on, on television. Because television loves, they love portraying hypnosis as this 
scary, manipulative, mystical, mind control type thing where you're completely under the powers of the hypnotist. And what if you can't get out? What if you're stuck? None of that is real. Hypnosis is real. It's not real like you see on TV. When people say, oh, hypnosis is fake, I say, oh, you're right. Fake hypnosis is fake. The stuff you see on TV is in fact fake, but this isn't TV. This isn't real life. Make a joke for people. I say, look, if you think everything on TV is exactly as it appears, then I got a set of you know Shinzu kitchen knives I want to sell you because the TV says that they're great. But being able to just dispel those rumors and say, look, you know, if, if you were to somehow get stuck in hypnosis, I've never had it happen. No other hypnotist ever had it happen to anybody outside of, of course, the fake televised hypnosis. So I say, if you were to get stuck, that's a different kind of hypnosis. It's called death. It doesn't work that way. You're not going to get stuck in hypnosis. And if you were, you'd be the first scientific breakthrough of the first person ever getting stuck because it's not the way the mind works it's not the way the brain works psychology works it's just not possible for someone to get stuck so um what do you think about darren brown so darren brown's great and i'd say he's sort of the guy that is i guess the biggest name in the hypnosis community right now give me another year or two and that might change but at the moment you know darren brown's sort of the guy he does a lot of hypnosis mentalism, magic, performance, art, theater. He combines it all into this really cool package. Uh, he's got a Broadway show out now called Secret that I haven't seen yet, but I've heard is phenomenal and looking forward to, to seeing it. But yeah, Darren Brown from the UK and is super celebrity out there. So as he's doing his Broadway show here, is starting to get more, more credibility here in the United States. But he's, as far as hypnosis goes, is kind of kind of the guy right now, I'd say. So have you tried to connect with him? Not yet, but it'll, it'll come soon enough. I'm still focused on what I'm doing. I mean, my connections right now are more focused on other big creators or people on TikTok or YouTube or people with bigger followers or fan bases that I can continue to grow my content with. You know, I'm confident enough in my own skill set that I'm not worried about connecting with other hypnotists right now because you don't I'm, need them. And I'm doing it great. And I'm sure down the road, we'll definitely connect at some point. And like I said, I've had hypnotists that most hypnotists I connect with are ones that at this point are now reaching out to me because they're noticing what I'm doing that's different than the way that they were trained or they were taught or is outside of their scope or ability. So I'm sure Darren and I will connect sometime in the near future. No question about it. Um, so what, um, you know, I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw a video. I think, I think I saw a video and I think it was you that a girl, I think you hypnotized her and you were, fuck what's his name you use him a lot actually uh actor uh of course um shit ryan no yeah ryan reynolds yes and i think the girl said do you want to go up to my room am i right about that <laughs> yes yeah one of my my earlier videos from last <laughs> so how often does that shit happen well, the fun thing about hypnosis is you never know what the reactions you're going to get because it's always a different person. And I could do the exact same routine every single time. And you never know what will happen, how people will respond. I think her exact response was something along the lines of like, a, oh, hey, uh, you want to come check out my room? Like, it's pretty cool. And I you know, always joke, oh, your roommates are home. She's like, my roommates aren't there right now. <laughs> sort of right <laughs> turning towards her like, oh, so, you know, of course, like, oh, no, it's all good. We'll hang out another time. And we'll, of course, love getting the reaction of having them genuinely think that 
I'm that person. And when stuff like that happens, you know that people aren't faking it. Yes. Someone's not going to put a request out there like that if they were just faking it or just acting or playing along. Because the interesting thing is that hypnosis, a lot of times people think hypnosis is pretend. And in a way it is pretend because it's not actually happening, but it's pretend to the point that the other person doesn't know it's pretend. So to them, it's their real experience and they've created a new belief, which in turn has become their new reality. And that's where you have these fun, crazy reactions, which is beyond just people faking it or playing along. People are often say, oh, you just use actors or how's it feel to just hire? I'm like, look, that's a high school senior. That's a college freshman. This is not a professional actor, actress. (laughs) I don't have the money to hire actors for every single one of my videos. And you even see some of these videos, I literally show me walking up to strangers on the street being like, hey, do you want to get hypnotized? They're not actors, they're strangers, they're students. <laughs> but the reactions that you see are beyond just even what some of the best actors in the world could do because it's beyond them just pretending, but it's them actually experiencing a new belief and a new reality in that moment. You know what's interesting about <clears throat> what you just said is that, you know, if I perceive – so two things. I'll, I'll talk about uh, hypnosis in the general sense as far as like our day-to-day lives in a moment. But if you think for those people that are listening, everybody that's listening, you know, we, whatever we have in our mind, whatever we create, if I create um, that, I believe today that in my mailbox, there's going to be a letter from the IRS, right? And I wholeheartedly believe that is going to be the case most likely that's going to happen. Um, you can, you know, you know, Joe, uh, Joe Dispenza, I'm sure. Of course. So, you know, those of you who haven't, if you listen to any of my episodes, he comes up in almost every one of them, because I think he's a fucking amazing dude, like a tremendous. And this guy laid for six weeks after he'd been hit going, I think, 70 miles an hour by a fucking Bronco on a bicycle uh, and healed his entire body in six weeks. And in nine weeks, he was working again. And in 12 weeks, he was training for another triathlon. 12 weeks. That is scientifically impossible. Yeah. After being told that he would never walk again. Never walk again. And so when after hearing that story and watching heal and understanding the power of the subconscious. I knew about the subconscious, of course, but there, I, I hope the people that are listening understand how powerful our subconscious mind is. First, it rules about 96 to 98% of what we do. Am I right on that calculation? Yeah, I mean, there's no exact measured statistic, but it rules a majority, that's for sure. Sure. And, and so in our conscious state really is, you know, it, it's really a habit. It, it's the habit loops that we do every day. It's the thing we get in the car, we back out of the driveway. Unlike when we were 16 years old, we checked every mirror. We looked every mirror again. We looked behind us. We made sure that, you know, we weren't going to run over the car. Now you just, you just do it because it's habit and it's already in your mind. So the point I, I want to make with that is that, you know, if you're in a bad situation, if you're in a bad financial situation, if you're in a bad relationship or in, you're living in a place that you don't like, 
you can change all of that by by making a decision to just do one thing in that right direction. And, and I think it's so important for people to understand because I think people don't have a lot of hope um, when it comes to whether it be depression or, or, or their drugs or alcohol or whatever the case may be. You can change all of that by a decision. Yeah. It starts there. I mean, yeah. All that, it's important to note that, you know, beyond just the belief is taking action on the belief. Right? The belief 100%. First step. And so many people, I mean, you know, the law of attraction is a big thing in the personal development sphere, but I'm not a fan of the way that it's been sort of peddled as, I mean, the book is literally called, the DVD is called The Secret, as if the law of attraction is the one thing you need to know, and that's the secret, and that's it. And there's definitely a lot of value in it, but it's secret number one out of many secrets. If you just oh, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, and you never act on that belief, you never do anything, right? you can make the decision, but if you never act on that decision, you've never really, you haven't really made a decision. To prove your point, uh, let me just interject really quick. This mic that I'm talking into sat on my desk for three months. Three straight fucking months, it sat here, and it was just a, a fucking paperweight. And until I made the decision to asked someone to be on my first podcast and took the action. At that point, I had to take the action. I took the action to ask. The guy said yes, and I had to grind my fucking face off to learn how to do this. I started this podcast 21 days ago, and you're my 33rd person I've interviewed. Killing it. And I mean, so I'm so proud of myself because I'll be honest, dude, like I've had a really rough year. Um. Because I lost my clinic in October uh, October of 2018. And so mentally and financially and just, you know, a little depression, like I I just got to a point where I didn't really not to the point where I was like going to kill myself. But like I was to the point where I just I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I knew there was something bigger for me. I knew there was something that I needed to be doing or that God had a plan or the universe, whatever the fuck you want to call it, had a plan for me. And I knew I just needed to hold on. And some of those days, I just had to fucking hold on yeah, tight. And and until this, until this happened, I mean, I found what I need to be doing. I found, and I, and you know, I don't monetize this. I, I can't even begin to tell you how to monetize this. So that's the point of me telling you all this is that I'm, do, I'm doing this to help other people and to share other people's story like yourself. Not like you don't have enough fucking attraction as it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, like, but your story is a lot of people in this de- uh, personal development air uh space they don't know your story maybe some of them do but most of them probably would look at that and say oh whatever that's a bunch of shit but i know because i know you that it's not a bunch of shit sometimes i look at it and i'm like i i, I scratch my head because it's it, you make it look so easy which is part of it right you're very fucking good at what you do like you have definitely found what you're going to be doing for a long time. Yeah. 
And the crazy part is that, you know, I started doing this two years ago, zero, zero to two years. I don't want to call it complete mastery because it sounds very egotistical, but I'm at that point where I've. Do you I, know anybody any better? What I'm doing. Exactly. Right. But I mean, one of the funniest, cool, not funniest, just fascinating parts of my story is you mentioned when you met me, I was a quieter person, which part of, you know, from, from doing a lot, putting a lot of content tend to not toot my own horn and talk about myself a lot because it can e- easily get into all that other thing. So I tend to be more in what other people are doing into versus myself. But I grew up as super shy, quiet, introverted kid. I was homeschooled growing up and going to college was the first public school I attended. Kindergarten through senior year of high school I was homeschooled for 13 years. And I was super quiet, super shy. I had great education as a homeschool kid, but the flip side is I didn't have a great social education because I was at home most of the time. And so I was behind my peers as far as social skills. And as a freshman going into college, I was a computer science major because I wanted to sit behind a desk and be a programmer. And the less I could be around people, the better. And then somehow as a senior, I ended up graduating as a communication major, performing in front of crowds for a living as a full-time entertainer, as a hypnotist. And now a million and a half followers later, a year later is. So Zach, I, you know, you just made me think of something and I don't, I don't know if you've thought about this, but I wonder because you were homeschooled, I wonder if but you had none of the negative shit that comes along with going to a public or private school for that matter. You didn't have the bullying. You didn't have the getting picked on. You didn't have the social judgment. So I have to wonder if that's part of why you could come out of your shell, so to speak, and do what you're doing now. I wonder if it would have turned out the same if you would have just went to regular school. I have to believe that it would have affected you different. Yeah. One of the largest, I think advantages from being homeschooled is like you said, I wasn't exposed to that negative toxic culture of, you know, high school can be very catty, very clicky, very negative at times. And for me, like I've never really cared what other people think part of because I've never had that experience of being in that, you know, high judgment zone or constantly having to worry about social dynamics in that way. But I've never, never been concerned with other people think I just do my own thing and I do what I'm passionate about and what's good for me and good for others. But I'm not worried if people say, Oh, yeah, that's never going to work. or You're never going to do that. Or who are you to try that? Or even for me as somebody that just totally embraces failure. And that's been one of the biggest reasons I've become so successful is I've failed more than most have succeeded. I don't care. I don't take failure personally. I don't take it as an affront. I say every failure is a lesson. It's an opportunity to grow. The more I fail, the better I get. So bring on all the failure. And I'm not worried about that judgment of what other people think of, oh, look at how much he's failing or look at he's not doing it or who are you to make that happen? Say, all right, well, just watch me do it. <laughs> you know, I don't care about your voices. I don't care about your judgment. I care about what I can do for myself to create the life that I want and follow my dream, follow my passion and learn from my own experience to the point that, you know, look who's laughing now type thing. That's fucking, that is, I mean, you've got such an amazing story that, you know, you're of course going to have to write a book, of course. I did. Well, okay. <laughs> Tell me about that. So, yeah, I've, I've had this idea of wanting to write this story for a while. And this fall, as I was on tour, I'm like, no, I got to get this book out there. 
So I literally wrote the entire book in a month, 53,000 words, knocked it out as I've been on tour, on the road, in between shows, in between events. I think that's about how long my book is, actually. It is literally yeah. 51, 52, 53,000 words. Anyway, that's yeah. weird. Go ahead. Yeah, my, yeah. most most books on average tend to be 50, 60,000 mm. words, usually the average length of a book, about 200 pages. All right, go ahead. Go. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But uh, my book is sharing my story, and I actually called my book Homeschooled the Hypnotist, My Journey from Socially Awkward to Awkwardly Social. Ah, man, that's fucking good. So right now, the book's done. It's written. It's completely finished at this point. Where can you buy it? So I'm right now contacting literary agents and trying to figure out getting it published traditionally. So many people are like, oh, you can always self-publish. I get that, and I know. But for me, the goal is to get it traditionally published because I'm confident enough in just the unique element of the story of coming from homeschool to hypnotist, but also having a million and a half followers definitely helps where traditional publishers want to see that you got an audience that you'll be able to sell your book to. I got the audience. I got the book done. It's just a matter of getting somebody who's on that similar mission or vibe with me to get it out there and get it to publishers and get it out to the world. So it'll take a little bit longer than if I just decided to traditionally to self-publish. But for me knowing that the, the long-term, the big picture in mind, I think will be more valuable to get it traditionally published and on the shelves and on the bestseller list and all that. I could definitely see that. But now's the time to do it. Like, are you pretty close to finding that person? Well, it's still that email communication. So that's the hardest part of the whole process is actually finding somebody that's willing to, you know, take a chance on you. And for being a first-time author, especially, people don't know your work. They don't know what you've done. And so I'm still in the middle of communicating with people right now as far as getting somebody to work with and getting an agent. I've had a few that are kind of interested right now and are looking at part of the manuscript, but we'll see kind of how it shakes out. Okay. So why don't you look at some of the people like Marshall Silver, who's, you know, has books about this and see who the fuck published his book. Well, a lot of, a lot of these people self-publish their own books. (laughs) So I'd be sort of the first, I mean, there are other, like Darren Brown has, has published through publishers as well, but Really, there are many hypnotists that will traditionally publish because it is such a smaller niche community thing. And again, they don't always have as big of a following, so they'll just self-publish it on their own and just get it out there themselves. But for me, sort of taking that bigger step towards, I know I could make it traditionally published, and so it'll be more work, a little bit of a longer process. But to me, I feel like that's worth it to be able to just have a better, better quality of publishing as far as the editing, the cover design, the marketing plan, all that to really get it out there. That makes sense. It makes total sense. So how would you, you know, if somebody's trying to build their TikTok like I am because of, you know, I just feel like I feel a little bit silly putting like serious shit on there because there's nothing serious on there hardly. So, you know, how would you recommend somebody like myself building their TikTok or I mean, I, you know, I, I noticed Gary V posted something the other day and I don't follow a lot of Gary V. I don't know why. I just, I don't know why I don't actually, I have no earthly idea because he fits, I think everything that I would be interested in, but he posted something the other day that said, you know, post on TikTok four times a day, post on LinkedIn once a day, post on Instagram once or twice. I can't remember the formula, but what formula do you use or do you use a formula? Well, I try to stick to about an average of a post a day on TikTok. Sometimes I don't always post every day, but for the most part, that's sort of my formula, if you can call it any. I mostly just will put out content. And you know, Gary is all about 
just putting out as much content as possible, especially because the algorithm naturally is not going to be in your favor. It's going to be in the favor of the consumer. So again, like you mentioned, you can put something on Instagram and it'll go out to 10, 15% of your followers because not everybody's going to be on the app or using it or will even see it. And so as you put out more content, you're increasing your chances of getting it seen. If you put out four posts a day, the average person will still only see one of those posts a day. So you're increasing the chance of your stuff getting seen more by posting. Well, just on social media in general, TikTok's a little bit different because if you post a good piece of content, it's more likely for it to go viral and blow up and get seen. And it's interesting that you talked about, you know, feeling kind of silly posting a serious video on TikTok. Literally half hour before we started this call, I was on TikTok and saw a video popped up on the For You page of somebody that was talking about, like he literally started the video saying, look, my wife committed suicide a couple of years ago. My brother committed suicide a couple of years ago. And I know the struggle. I'm, I've, I've lived there. I've been there. If you, need help if you need someone to talk to like I understand the struggle and he just was very open and honest about mental health and some of the challenges he's faced in his life and that video had two million views in three days no fucking way super serious like it wasn't even a oh sure look this happened this is real this is a struggle if you're somebody that struggles with it wow that's a great great example that video blew up it's perfect example But the thing with TikTok is the number one thing that causes videos to blow up, causes videos to go viral, that causes you to get lots of followers, lots of views, lots of likes, is exactly what I'm doing right now. What? Perfect example. Is I've created some sort of open loop where right now you're on the edge of your seat wondering, what am I about to say? What am I going What's the secret? What's the reveal? What's the thing that's going to help me to blow up? The way that I prefaced it, the way that I began saying, look, this is going to help you blow up. This is going to help you get views. This is going to help you get famous. You're like, tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. I need to know. Right. TikTok's a highly addictive platform. As you scroll, you just sort of get sucked into, oh, that's a cool video. God, oh, my, it's so bad. But that's sort of the point. It, so totally. Videos, what's the addictive quality? What is going to get people to stop scrolling and watch your video mm-hmm. when they see it pop up versus, oh, that's just another guy trying to make a video, another guy, oh, wait, this is interesting, let me watch this. Versus, oh, another guy, another guy, my wife's committed suicide. Like, wait, what? If you're somebody, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. And they get hooked into that storyline. Or for me, with the hypnosis content, right? If I put out a video where it's me, the first video that went viral is me hypnotizing a girl to think I was her favorite celebrity, Kesha. And the video literally starts with this girl going, oh my gosh, it's Kesha. And as they scroll and it pops up, wait a minute, what's going on? What's happening? And they watch it. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. And they want to keep watching it. So knowing like what's creating that moment versus so many people like, I'm here on TikTok, here's some advice. I don't know, whatever, it's fine. Right. I'm going to share this. Yeah, okay, whatever. But what's the loop? What's the piece that's going to tantalize them? What's the hook? What's the thing that will get them to not only want to keep watching your video, but keep watching it till the end. And that's the type of content that blows up, that gets viral, that gets all the views, because that's how the algorithm works, is TikTok will show your video to a few people on the For You page, on the trending page. If people engage with it, if they watch it, they'll keep showing it to more people. And as long as people keep watching it, they'll keep showing it to people. And that is literally how videos go viral. If it's boring video, they'll show it to a few people. They'll see people don't care. They will stop showing it to people, and your videos will just get whatever views. So if you want it to go viral, create an element in your video that causes people to stop watching 
and care about your video to the point that they want to watch it to the end, whether it's an entertaining thing, whether it's a joke thing, a prank thing, a serious thing, whatever it is, there's videos of all sorts of categories that go viral and blow up. But what is that element that's going to cause people to keep watching your video? And that's how you go viral. That's fucking perfect advice. And that's so funny because I overthink. I'm like, all right, so, you know, do I do some kind of motivational shit? Well, you know, maybe people, you know, and so like I, I go back and forth and I don't know. I'm like, well, I see people do these dumb ass videos that have a zillion fucking people following them. I'm not going to do that. So like, I want it to be different, but you're right. I have some super vulnerable shit that I can go that I've, I've actually talked about recently that have, it's gotten more engagement than anything. And I didn't do it for that reason. I just really felt the need to fucking spill it out really. Right. And so for you and anybody else listening to this, this is always the number one piece of advice I give to anybody that wants to share their content on social media, whether it's TikTok, it's Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is. And it's just remembering that authenticity is the currency of the internet. Authenticity is the currency of the internet. Yeah. What's real. You don't try to be fake. You don't try to be somebody else. You just be you because that's who you're meant to be in the first place. You'll do great. So many people I see, especially on TikTok, is people will try to produce their video. Right? They'll try to make it edited or fancy. And ironically, they'll put in more work into the video, which will get it less views. Because as soon as people see it's a produced, uh, whatever. But it's just somebody literally turning on their phone, talking into the camera authentically for 30 seconds. Look, this is my life. This is what I've dealt with. This is what I've struggled with will do great. And I've even found when I tend to overthink my videos of like, what I want to say, what, okay, I should say this, here we go. I'm going to say this. It comes across as fake because it's more planned and it's more scripted versus, well, I don't know what I'm going to say. Okay, here, I'm just going to share this message. I'm going to be real with you guys. I don't even know where this is going, but just to be real with what's happening, people can sense that authenticity. They sense that realness because that's what we all create is a human connection, real human connecting with another real human the more fake, the more edited, the more scripted process it is, the less people are going to care. The more you can just be real, the more you can embrace who you are and just be authentic. Authenticity is the currency of the internet. No, you're, you're, I mean, you're right. We hear this so often, you know, I don't know why that doesn't sink in. I, I don't know. I do not know. I don't know, but you're right. You're absolutely fucking right. Um, Shit. So, all right. So you're in, what part of California did you say you're in? So I live in the LA area, Santa Monica specifically. So okay. right here, the promenade, the beach, great area. Love it out here. So what are you doing? Sorry. So your next gig is what? Well, so this time of year, I tend to do a lot of colleges, high schools, and this time of year is a little bit slower with Thanksgiving and Christmas and finals. So I don't have as many bookings over the next, excuse me, about two months or so because it's slower. So late January, I'll be back on the road again and, Performing all around, hitting the road, doing more schools. But this time of year, because it's slower, I'm focused more on doing different collaborations, connecting with other creators, especially being out here in L.A. I was just in Hollywood yesterday filming an IGTV series with another big Instagrammer with over a million followers. And we'll have a series coming out on her platform pretty soon. I'll be connecting with a bunch of creators this weekend to be filming some content, connecting with another big YouTuber with 8 million followers on his channel next Dang. week. So just focusing on some of those collabs of getting my stuff out there, you know, as I've blown up on TikTok and these other platforms, people are starting to take notice of, oh, it's cool this guy's doing. And so far it's been all organic where these people have all reached out to me saying, hey, can we do a video? Can we do a collab? It's not even like I'm trying to get these. People are just reaching out to me and saying, yeah, I'd love to. 
because obviously it helps them. It gets them unique content. It gets me more views when I can get seen on their bigger channels. And so for me, as I start to do some of these things, obviously it's, you know, a, a ripple effect where I do just the first couple of those and their big following gets me out even more. More people are seeing me, more people are asking me to do them. And so, you know, this is sort of just the first wave of some of those big collabs. As some of those videos and some of that content starts to come out, more and more people are going to want to do those collabs and it'll just continue to build and escalate on itself. And pretty exciting, especially when I do hit the road again in two months. Following is going to be a whole lot bigger in just a few, few short months when I hit the road again because of all these collabs I'll be doing in the meantime. That's fantastic. So, wow, that is incredible because I, I'm like, I'm doing the same thing, but I'm the one reaching out to people who have typically more followers or somebody that I really want to hear their story or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't know. That's cool as shit, dude. That's really fucking cool. Um, I am super excited for you and I can't wait to see what, you know, what the rest of this holds for you because it's got to be big. It's already big. It's only the beginning. That's the exciting part. It's crazy. It's just crazy. It's absolutely fucking nuts. But I am so motherfucking proud of you. I think it's so cool, dude. I think it's so cool. Um, so if there's anything else that you could say to the listeners, one, tell everybody where they can find you. And then also um, maybe give some advice to somebody who wants to get into hip, hip, uh, hypnosis and or be a hypnotist or you know, because I'm sure there's people out there that, that, that are wanting to get into this field that may be listening. So give them some advice and then we'll wrap up. Sure. So my greatest advice, I would say experience is the best teacher. And people will often ask, like, who's the one hypnotist to learn from? Or who's the guy? I had a conversation earlier this week where someone was asking, like, who's the one guy that you think is great or the best guy or the guy to learn from? So look, there is no one guy. It's 20 guys. That's how I've learned is I've taken sources from everybody and sort of made it all my own. The biggest thing is I've learned from my own experience. I've put myself out there because so many people, right, there's a lot, there can tend to be a lot of personal development junkies in the field. Well, they'll sure. take courses, all the books, all the trainings, and they'll never go anywhere because they don't do anything with it. They're super knowledgeable, but not super wise because they haven't turned that knowledge into experience, which translates into wisdom. So experience is the best teacher doesn't matter where you start. The important thing is that you start. And so many people, they'll stop themselves from whether it's getting into hypnosis or anything else. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Well, no, duh, you haven't done it yet. But that's how you figure out is you start doing it. When I was a hypnotist, I didn't know what I was doing when I got started, but that didn't stop me. As I started, then I started learning. And as I learned, the better I got, the better I got, the more I learned, the more I learned, the better I got. And you created that in the cycle where I've just mastered it in two years just by continuing to learn continuing to give myself permission to fail because again i've reframed i've hypnotized myself to not care about failing because to me failure is not failure failure is if you don't try that's the real failure you never fail if you give yourself permission to learn and get better because the worst case if you fail and it doesn't go well is you learn i've learned from every single failure every single opportunity helps me succeed more the next time so every failure is a lesson. And if I can go out and say, if I succeed, great. If I fail, I learn. It's a no-lose situation because I'm either going to succeed or I'm going to learn. It's a success, success either way. And so just being willing to step into, it doesn't matter what book you start with, what DVD you start with, who you train with, what you learn, 
important thing is you do something. Even if you pick up no resources and you just start acting like you know hypnosis and doing it, and if it doesn't work, ask yourself, why didn't it work and how can I make it work next time? So many people, they'll give up. and They're like, oh, it didn't work. I guess it doesn't work, especially with hypnosis because so many people will tend to put the responsibility on the person they're hypnotizing because hypnosis is unique in the sense that it's not just uh, like when I got did magic initially, I would learn a card trick. And if I, a card trick went wrong, it's because I did the trick wrong. But if for some reason, when we hypnotize people, if I hypnotize you and it doesn't work, it's because you're not hypnotizable or you're not suggestible or you're not open or you're not a hypnotizable subject or whatever it is, people won't take the responsibility and say, what did I do? Even if it was the other person, how can I still take responsibility for what I did, how I could be better, more efficient to help them to get there? Because if a doctor can't cure a patient, they don't blame the patient, say the patient's uncurable. It's not the patient's fault. The doctor doesn't have the right tools to help the patient. But right. the thing with hypnosis is that the same technique is not going to work on 100% of people. You have to be able to adapt. You have to be able to calibrate. You have to be able to understand what works for some people and won't work for others and be able to be with the person in that scenario to help give them what they need to have their experience because it's not about you. It's about them. So helping people to understand that, look, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to start. You know, Zig Ziglar said that you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So start, begin, fail, give yourself permission to learn, give yourself permission to get it wrong and fall flat on your face because I'm successful because I've succeeded more than, I've failed more than most have succeeded. So fail, 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 and you'll succeed. That's my advice. Right. And it sounds like to me, and all this means also fucking take action, get off your ass and go do it. Just like, I mean, that's what you did. Yeah. You know, you took action and it, you know, like you said, with the books and the tapes, the fucking courses and this, in the, all the, you know, if you go to all the different, you know, the, the uh, personal development shows or whatever you want to fucking call it, you can go see Tony Robbins a thousand times, but if you don't do what he tells you to fucking do, you might as well flush your goddamn money down the toilet. It'll be fun. Yeah. But outside of that, you might as well flush your money down the toilet because the shit is not going to last forever unless you do something about it. Yep. And you can pick up Tony's book. You don't even have to go to his event. Everything I, is in his book. You, yeah, can, you can watch it all. You can watch you it. The book and you do oh. what it says. You need the $1,000 event. Pick up a $10 book. Do what it says and you'll be great. Well, that, yeah. Or like, like I said, watch the shit on YouTube. It's right there. All of his shit's on YouTube. I mean, that's how I learned about Tony. Anyway. We literally live in such an information-rich age that you could pull out your phone, pull out your computer, and Google how to do anything you want. Google how to be a hypnotist, how to be a magician, how to be a chef, how to start a podcast. Business. All of the information is there. It's not lack of information. It's lack of implementation because people are too afraid to take action on the information that's readily available to them. That's exactly right. If it weren't for YouTube, I wouldn't be sitting here with you because I wouldn't know how to do a goddamn podcast. And I don't really know how. I just kind of know how. <laughs> um, so, you know, but, but, dude, it feels really good to have found something that I enjoy. And I know you understand because you found something that you love, which yeah. is huge. Because I don't know. I don't know if most people find that. No. You know, I really don't. So, all right, exactly. is so many people, let me just close by saying this. It's, sure. not about, it's not about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. 
so many people never find it because they think it's supposed to be found. Like it's just great, some mystery of their passion or their purpose or whatever it is. It's not out there for you to find. Life is not playing a hide and seek with you to find your purpose or your passion. It's about creating it because the only person you're destined to become is the person that you decide to be. Mm. Decide to be. What's the life that you want to create? Because life is out there for you to create, not hiding from you for you to find at one point in your life. You try to find it, you'll spend your whole life finding it and turn up empty as so many people unfortunately do. Don't worry about finding your purpose. Worry about creating your purpose, creating your dream life because that's what it's all about. Create the person you want to be. The only person you're destined to become is the person you decide to be. Boom. All right, Zach. Thank you, brother. I will um, keep in touch with you. Good luck. And I am super motherfucking excited to follow you in your journey because you are you're, dude, you're, you're just, you're one of a kind. I mean, you are a one of a kind and you should fucking realize that shit and celebrate it every day, which I'm sure you do. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And for yeah. anyone else who wants to follow along yeah. on the journey, at Zach Pince, H-P-I-N-C-I-N-C-E. I'm sure it'll pop up on the screen or in the description or somewhere, but put hypnotist Zach. I'm not too hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Thank you so much, Zach. Have an awesome day. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Awesome. Thanks. My pleasure. I want to thank you again for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. If you have not already subscribed, please do. And look, if you really enjoyed today's episode, email me at successfullifepodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com and tell me what it was you enjoyed. And if there's somebody that you want me to bring on then email me about that and tell me who it is and i'll make sure it happens so you know leave us a review tell a friend and until next time folks have a good day thank you Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.